Welcome to the Seek Forgiveness Podcast. Seek Forgiveness for the launch Mental Health Ki Hunda here. A transformative translation guide that looks to explore and explain common mental health issues in a way that Sikh and Punjabi speaking communities can understand. If you'd like to find out more, please visit sikhforgiveness.com. If you're in the UK, you can purchase directly from the website. If you're looking to purchase internationally, please check out Amazon. Welcome to the Seek Forgiveness podcast. I'm Amrit Bansal, and today I'm joined by Deepa Sapra, who's an incredible yoga therapist and has also created an online yoga community called Shala. Thank you for joining me today, Deepa. No, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> me too, that we get to record this podcast together. Obviously, as a starting point, uh, could you tell us more about how you started your journey personally with yoga? My journey started to be open and honest because I'm proud to say I'm 37. My yoga journey started about 20 years ago. I took my first yoga class when I was like almost 18, 17, 18. And I actually had taken a family member with me because they, they expressed that they wanted to lose weight. And, you know, my mom practiced yoga and she ex- she shared her experience with me as to how she used to drink like a gallon of water and take it all out just to cleanse herself. And there was this, not that she did it to lose weight, but there was that element of cleansing meant detoxing, which meant weight loss. Like it just, even at that age, it made sense. And I I took this family member with me to the yoga session and I went, I continued to go week after week. They never went back. They Mm -hmm. just did that one session and this is not for me. And I was absolutely fascinated by the practice. The teacher, I, when, when I found this place, it ended up being an ashram, not even like a traditional yoga studio where, you know, you walk in and everyone's got the top gear, $150 yoga pants on and, you know, $300 um, uh, yoga bra, sports bra on a complete opposite. The guy had this orange cloth around him with boxers underneath, you know, and long hair with a beard. And it was just such a different vibe. It was such a welcoming feeling. And his class was slow paced. And every pose we did, he sort of went into what we're doing, why we're doing, how we're doing. And we did breath work and we did meditation. And it just, like, I I felt I felt like I was home and they noticed that I was showing up consistently and their sessions were not even like, you know, $15 or $20 a session. It was donation only. Um, And they noticed that I was showing up consistently. So they recommended a few books and one book was on diet, focused on um, a vegetarian diet. One book was about the moon. One book was about yoga. And there were tiny, slim books. Like you can read them in like 20 minutes. And 
they really changed my outlook. I was, I felt like I wasn't that 18 year old, let's go partying, let's go clubbing. And, you know, it was like, no, I got to sleep early because I have a yoga class in the morning. And as I read those books, I, I weaned off of meat. Um, I started following the moon. I started fasting during the full moon. And yoga became a lifestyle. It wasn't something I just did on the mat and left. And I'm so grateful till this day that I, I didn't have my first yoga session at a yoga studio. Because had I walked in, you know, there can be that very like, um, I'm too cool, it girl kind of feeling at certain yoga studios. If that was my first experience, I don't know. I don't know if I had would have ever gone back, but um, that's that's where it started for me. So it sounds like it was something that happened really organically in the moment. Absolutely, absolutely. When I think about my journey, how I landed in the lap of yoga, it gives me goosebumps. So it was like you said, you went almost just with family, that sort of encouragement, let's try this out. And that started the curiosity in you. So what were the steps you took then to become a yoga therapist? Oh, oh my God, that journey in itself. So when I was consistently showing up to practice yoga and my life, I was, I was planting little seeds, little changes here and there. There was a lot of, um, my, my family was not supportive. Okay. They, they were a bit like, why is she fasting on a moon? You know, cause I come from a Sikh background, mm-hmm. Sikh family. And they, they just, it, it, they didn't understand why, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Why, why are you becoming a vegetarian? Like you, you need protein. And all of a sudden they were telling me what I need. And it just, it became a bit challenging. And, and if it's one person resisting and there's four people resisting different ball game. And you guys have not met my brothers, you know, as much as I love them, they, they, they have, they have their own force, their, their own energy. And, um, I had to, I had to respect that. So I still practiced yoga. And I remember one year I asked my dad, like, dude, I'm all for the summer. I didn't say dude. I was like, dad, you know, <laughs> I want to do this training, um, for yoga. It's just for the summer. Had I asked my dad for money to go on a trip or for clothes or for anything else, no questions asked. But the fact that, you know, it was for yoga, there was like, no, 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 no. Just do your universe. And I see where they're coming from. You know, they, they struggled. They worked really hard when they moved from Afghanistan to New York. There was a lot of challenges they faced and they're in a new country with three young children and they wanted safety and security for me, which I get. So they, they were not supportive. I still practiced yoga here and there. And just it was just like that dream that you just put aside. Finally, I ended up working after graduating. 
I worked for this um, holistic center. And even between graduating and getting this job, there was a, it was a bit of a rocky road. I landed this amazing job in finance. And then there was this whole, the bubble bursted and the company shut down. And um, I ended up at this holistic center and working there has changed my life. And it really brought me back to my roots, really brought me back to yoga. And this couple, Tom and Wendy, they walked in and, you know, conversing with them, it was just like magnets coming together. Like every time they walked in, it's like, oh, Tom and Wendy are here. My, my, my coworkers were like, oh, Tom and Wendy are here. Did you know that? And I would like leap out of the room and go see them and catch up with them. And Tom had an injury at work. He fell off his chair and um, damaged his spine and he ended up with hardware. And I'm like, you should do gentle stretches. Yoga is great for you. Yoga, this yoga, that. And I think weeks later he came back. He's like, why don't you teach me yoga? You talk about this yoga all the time. And I like, I was so tearful. I was like, this is my journey. My family doesn't like support the fact that I should become a yoga teacher. And they, they held on to that. And they expressed that if we had a daughter, they, they don't have children, that if we, if we had a daughter, she'd be like you, or you're like the daughter we never had. And they invited me over for Christmas. Now, mind you, in a few months, it felt like I knew them for my whole life. They invite me over for Christmas and they were like, we wanted to get you a Christmas gift, but we didn't know what to get you. And then we thought, how about we pay for your yoga teacher training and then you could teach us yoga. I was utterly shocked. I was flabbergasted. I was like, is this a prank? Um, and I, I just, I started crying like who, how, what, what's going on here? And I chose three schools and of the three, they helped me narrow down to one. They paid for the training and they were my first clients after I certified as a 200 hour yoga instructor. Um, and they weren't like, okay, we paid for your training. Now you teach us. They paid for their lessons. And that's, that's where the yoga started. And then I was teaching at Yogananda. It's a yoga studio in Long Island. I was teaching there. I was teaching Tom and Wendy. And I had a couple other one-to-one -one clients. And then I got married and I moved here. And I was so excited to move here. It's like this American girl walks into Harry Potter, you know, it's just the steam, the fog, the whole dreary, wet, mystical look oh, swept me off my feet. Like I was just like, my, I can't believe like you people get to live like this. It was just I was radiating and beaming at the fact that I live in London and everyone's like, you want to get a car, you want to learn, get your license. And I'm like, no, I'm going green. I got a bicycle. I, you know, I was commuting on the trains and the buses. I wanted to learn the whole, the whole system 
you know, as to how, how I can get around. I don't want to drive. I drive, I drove a lot in New York, you know, I don't need, I don't need a car. And a few months later, I felt the complete opposite. The girl who was waking up with a kick in her step, I landed 10 days later, I got a job. It was just like, I want to work. I want to meet people. I want to explore and really get my feet wet. And months later, it was just like, get me out of here. I I felt the complete opposite. I didn't feel like getting out of bed. And deep down inside, I knew I had this skill set. And that's yoga. But I didn't know how to apply it for if you're feeling depressed or anxious or gloomy and sad. And I didn't even want to practice yoga. The girl that was going to work, I was working nine to five. There was a phase where I would be out the door about 5, 5.30 in the morning to go to either Chalk Farm or Angel to wherever the yoga studio was, do my yoga practice, change, get ready, and then go to work and then come home and be a daughter-in-law, of course. And I just had no energy to get up and practice yoga. I had no energy to be happy. In fact, I felt really bitter. And if anyone was happy, it was like, how dare you? I don't wanna be around you because misery loves company, right? Mm -hmm. But one thing for sure, every time there was a downfall or a dip, somehow, some way, I came out of it, I'm, I'm doing this hand expression like you can see me, but um, when there was a dip in my life, Tom and Wendy came. When there was a dip in my life, Alexander came. I'm a huge fan of chiropractic care, osteopathy, acupuncture, acupressure, reflexology, and shiatsu. So my husband's uncle, recommended a shiatsu practitioner named Alexander. And I'm all about alignment. So I went to Alexander to just make sure I'm aligned because I didn't have a chiropractor here. Everyone I knew was in New York, right? And I sat down on on his table and he's like, how can I help you? And I, I, in, in a matter of minutes, I told him in, in the last six to eight months, my life has just gone from zero to 100. And now it's at 100. I can't keep up. I just want to be at zero. Like, I don't want to get out of bed. You know, I, I walked into this country beaming with energy and joy and happiness. And now I just, I feel so depressed. So he was like, it's funny how you, the same person, loved being here. And now you, the same person, does not love being here. The complete opposite. He's like, we people, we humans are gifted with choice. He's like, funny, funny enough, six months ago, you had the choice to be happy 
And that's what you were. Six months later, now you have the choice to be unhappy. That's where you are now. Why are you seeking the sun outside you when the sun's within you? And you know, in cartoons where they're running around and they take those things and they hit each other on the head. Yeah, yeah like the gongs. Yeah. That, yeah, that, and it was that moment for me, like, oh my God, he's so right. Nothing changed. London did not change. The people around me did not change. Everything was the same. My perspective changed. My outlook changed. How can I go back to that beaming Deepa that I was? He aligned me and I walked out like someone gave me back the reins and I'm in charge of my life. I'm not going to live depressed. I'm not going to live unhappily. If things are going wrong, because internally I was unhappy, all of a sudden my environment started reflecting that. And from there on, I was like, look, I did not become a yoga teacher to just do my 200 hour yoga teacher training. I respect all the teachers out there who, who stopped there and, and charged, forward, charged forward with teaching. For me, it was the whole therapeutic aspect that I was attracted to. I'm going to do my yoga therapy training, looked into a school. They had um, the requirement was that I had to teach for two years before they even consider me for an interview. Done. Did that. Taught for two years. I, I, I got private clients, like just put yourself out there. And every time I put myself out there, every time I made myself uncomfortable, I grew. Disliked it, disliked the thought of doing it, but I grew. And through teaching more and more, my skill set grew. My skill set grew. My um, my clientele grew. And I was teaching for open age, where it's for people that are um, 55, 60 and over, which is a great start when it comes to yoga therapy, because I have to be mindful of, of their body type. Not everyone has the same capabilities. I've met 60-year-olds that can do things that 20-year-olds can't do, you know? And I've met 60-year-olds where their knees and, and their body is, is not as supple or strong. And catering a yoga practice to those people, it was hard, but it, I grew so much. Enhancing my skill set and alongside helping myself heal through the practice of yoga. That's where I learned for myself that, you know what, the physical practice very is very important because I became that yoga practitioner that just rolled up their mat, wrapped it around her shoulder um, like a messenger bag and went from one session to another session, had my green juices and called it a day. I didn't, there are so many teachers out there that don't teach the breath work, that don't teach the meditation. They just do the physical practice and call it a day. That's when I learned, no, let me, let me do this pranayam. Let me do this um, meditation, what I learned originally at the ashram. And actually doing the breath work, actually meditating. I came out of my depression. It took time, but I felt so much better for it. And I'm like, wait a second, my private clients need this. 
And I started doing it with them. And then the feedback I got was phenomenal. And in my yoga sessions, rather than it just be, be, being the physical practice, I made sure that I taught breathwork and meditation alongside. Teachers were calling me up and saying, you know, the students are raving about you. And this is where I learned to support other yoga teachers because I got a lot of love and support from yoga teachers, senior yoga teachers. And they were like, you know, the students are raving about you. They love that American girl, you know? And do you want to take over my session? Yes, yes, yes. And I finally got my yoga therapy. I did my training at yoga campus. I got the interview. And from the interview, they took me on. And it was like a two, two and a half year training. In that training, I felt pregnant. And that was a whole journey in itself. Yeah, just sort of listening to that, you've had, it's not been linear from what I can see. Far from it. <laughs> and you just kept on, again, trying and trying. Like what gave you that resilience or that passion or that spark? Yoga. And it really, it hit me now. If this was any other thing in my life, I would have given up a long time ago. It's just for the love of yoga. And I know how powerful it is. It would be a crime if I sat on the skill set and did nothing about it. It changed my life. It changed lives around me. But am I going to stop at two people, 20 people? No. And that's true. And you just keep on, like you said, it's that you didn't just stop at the skill set. You wanted to give more. And looking at, obviously, like you mentioned, you came from New York. You managed to have a form of training there and then come over here because you got married. And then again, there was ups and downs in your training and your practice again. Yes, um, having Nirvana is, is such a blessing because I feel like she brought a lot of strength in me. And after she was born, I did, I did experience um, PND and it was really hard. But the only thing that kept me sane, the only thing that kept me going, the only thing that made me feel centered was yoga. And I didn't have the luxury to get up and go do a yoga practice because living, living in a joint family is wonderful. Every, every situation has its pros and cons. But I didn't have the luxury to go downstairs, un unroll my mat and practice yoga for 30, 40 minutes because someone has to have breakfast. Someone wants to watch TV and we all shared the living room together. And there was no space in my room because we're three people in one bedroom. And the only thing I was able to hold on to was my yoga training and my breath work and meditation. But the fact that I get to sit here 
and tell the world that I'm a yoga therapist is because of my chachi. I didn't know what I was gonna do with Nirvana. I still had six months left with my, for my training. And I really wanted to graduate with my group. I really wanted to achieve this. And I was told time and time again, like just postpone your training, do it next year. And the school was amazing. They were like, whatever's good for you. We don't want to put you under pressure where leave your kid and finish, graduate. We can hold your space. And whenever you're ready, you can finish up the hours, finish up the clinics, finish up your case studies. I, it was a very intense training and, and you graduate, which was like, oh, thank God, you know, it's the breath of fresh air. I don't have the gun to my head, but my Jachi came to my rescue and every month for my trainings, for my clinics, for my case studies, I would leave Nirvana with her and go do what I need to do. And I graduated with flying colors. I've completed case studies while there was vomit all over me. I completed case studies while Nirvana was in my lap. The exams were, um, fortunately, we were able to take them at home, but they weren't questions that you could just open up a book and answer them. They were essay style questions that you have to actually figure out the answer. If this person has this health concern, what kind of yoga practice would you prescribe? Um, recommend what, what areas are they working on? What, what joints, what muscles? And it's what chakras, what values, what koshas. And it was so in depth, but I did it. And it was all through the power of yoga. Just staying grounded, staying rooted, keeping that goal in mind. I'm telling you the distractions that I had around me, I had to think like a horse and put those blinders on and just charge forward. Think like a horse, that doesn't make sense, but you know, put those blinders on like you would on a horse just so I can charge forward. So you could have that tunnel vision because like you said, during the process of you training, you even obviously, like you said, you went into finance. So you picked almost like a conventional career and took certain step backs from yoga at, at certain points. Absolutely. And I was the most miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but also that you mentioned you had not just a physical practice. That's what I find interesting, because when we think of yoga, we sometimes just think about the poses. But you've mentioned, of course, your own experience with having depressive feelings or postnatal depression and you mentioned also how you were helping yourself through that not just with yoga as in the physical practice but with breath work and meditation so we you want to work on your body you got swimming you got running you got the gym you have hit you have a variety of things to do to work on your physical body I truly believe we are bodies, plural. We're not just a physical body. We are a mental body. We are an emotional body. We are an energetic body. 
And we have to work on all those bodies to find balance and alignment to find our bliss body. And what I find bliss in, you may not find bliss in. But at that point, if I find bliss in yoga and you find bliss in, for example, nature, in that very moment, you and I are the same. We are aligned. There's no titles, there's no layers, there's no, you know, conditioning. Nothing matters. And I truly believe through the power of yoga, we can find our bliss body and be rooted and connected to our bliss body. And therefore in our day to day, we are living a lot more in alignment than we would otherwise. So almost seeing ourselves as a whole, taking that holistic approach. Absolutely. By, by living a wholesome life, not only do you sleep better, eat better, think better, are more mindful of how you are living your day to day from the moment you wake up, are you waking up in a state of gratitude or are you waking up chasing the day? Are you going to bed thinking, I just want to collapse? Or do you want to go to bed thinking about all the wonderful things you've experienced? And if it was not so wonderful, then sit with it. The stuff, the qualities that I disliked about myself, I didn't push it away. And fortunately, yoga has taught me to be more mindful. And those qualities that I disliked, I sat with it and understood why those qualities are coming about. Because the good qualities as quote unquote good and bad, they make us whole, you know? And I, I don't encourage anyone who practices yoga with me to to disconnect yourself from the good or bad, whatever you wanna call them, qualities. It's all of you. It makes you whole. And that's what I've learned through yoga, to, to see myself as whole. Even these so-called imperfections are just perfect because I choose to see them in a way that they complete me. I'm hearing that you became very aware like you said of what you wanted to work on in yourself so what was going right as well as what you felt could be improved absolutely because even when I was in a in the quote-unquote dark phases of my life there was this awareness as to this doesn't feel right although I felt lethargic I didn't want to practice yoga. I didn't want to socialize. I didn't want to laugh. I didn't want to do anything really and truly. I just wanted to curl up in bed. But deep down inside, I knew this is not right. I have to do something about this. I felt restricted. I felt like I was suffocating. I felt like nobody understood me. I felt like nobody saw me. They saw this girl who's showing up, who's going to work, who's 
doing her day to day, but they didn't see that deep down inside, she's crying, she's suffering. And beneath that, there's this, this, this soul that needs to flourish and shine. And she's not doing anything to get closer to her dream, to her goals, to her intentions. And that was hard. That was hard. But luckily, somehow I still practiced awareness, even, even, even during the dark phase. And you really honed into, again, like you said, coming back to what your true goals were and what your true intention is. That's what's coming through to me as well. Because I was living the complete opposite of what I had in mind. I was just living a life. It was, it felt like a facade and, you know, going to work, doing the house chores, just playing roles of a wife, of a daughter-in-law, of a sister-in-law, you know. And then as a mother, I, I didn't even embrace motherhood in a wholesome way initially. It was just a job, it's just a baby that needs a diaper change, that needs to be fed, that needs to sleep and be looked after almost 24 seven for the first few months when I was experiencing PND, like it was, I was so disconnected. And then as I came out of that, it's like, wow, like it really hit me like, I'm the luckiest person in this world to, to experience this motherhood. And I missed out on the first few months because I just didn't feel like myself. And like you said, you felt this sense of disconnect. What advice would you give potentially to not only are the young mothers they may be experiencing something similar or even someone else that feels like they're not in in your words in alignment to what their true intention is or to their true purpose is I found a lot of clarity by doing what I loved and that was yoga I held on to it like it was it was my life and I allowed myself to feel those emotions I, I I didn't I didn't brush over it I didn't brush it under the carpet I if my body if my mind needs to feel like this so be it um I read somewhere where when you're feeling like you're in the dark just know that you're not you're, you're planted. So look after yourself, like you would look after a, a, a plant that a seed that you've planted, you know, water yourself, nurture yourself. And it's hard. It's really hard to want to water yourself and give yourself the sun. But what helped was I sat with my emotions. I did journal I did my breath work. I did my meditation. I held on to my yoga. And not everyone will feel connected to yoga the way I do. And it can be anything that brings you a little bit of joy. If walking in the park brings you joy, do it. 
even if it's for 10 minutes to feel connected with yourself. If, you know, journaling brings you joy, you know, scribbling a line and you never know that line might become a paragraph. That paragraph might become four or five pages. Don't, don't do anything with an expectation. Just do it because it brings you some sort of joy, some sort of happiness. Because by holding on to those things, even if it's little by little, you're walking towards the light. That's you in the dark, planted. And every time you go for your walk or you journal or you meditate, you're watering yourself, you're giving yourself the sun, you're giving yourself the right treatment to grow. And eventually when you come out of that dark place, it's like, oh, wow, there is light. So you kept on doing these practices. Yes. Had I not done my training, I don't know where my life would have taken me. My training kept me connected to yoga because the training involved us practicing yoga involved because it was yoga therapy training. There was a lot of breath work. There was a lot of meditation. There was a lot of focusing on the sensations in your body. I did a 10 day uh, meditation retreat. So that meditation retreat really enhanced my meditation skills. So I was very much witnessing my, my depressive state, my disconnected state. And I try not to judge myself for it. And through those practices, I really was able to rise out of the challenging phases. You gave yourself that acknowledgement and that self-compassion. Yes. Not realizing that's what I was doing but that's exactly what I was doing. You were trialing out, of course, like you mentioned, yes, your yoga practice, but as you said, you're journaling, you're meditating, or even what you're encouraging others to do is find anything that gives them that sense of joy or that release, whether you tune with what they're feeling. Absolutely. It also obviously sounds like alongside yoga and breathwork and meditation, you also take time to self-care for you and be very present. Like you said, with not only the anatomy of your body, but rather even your feelings as well. How do you also manage, you know, alongside you've got obviously a young family, like you've mentioned, and you've got your yoga therapy as well as this online community. Um, yes, some days most days can be challenging because my day starts 4, 4.30 in the morning and there are times where I don't get to bed 11, 12 o'clock at night. And to top it off, my husband is also a DJ and he's transitioning to a, a new career. And, you know, because he's a DJ, his day starts late. He finishes late. So many times I'm waking up and he's just about to go to bed. Um, so the pressure, it's all there, but 
you know, it, it sounds just so superficial, but it's, it's my truth. It's all because I love teaching that I keep showing up and I handle the resistance. I handle the challenging days. I, it's like my dreams coming true. I know how hard it was for me to get to where I am. I'm not about to let it go. And on top of that, time and time again, the universe has proven to me that I'm on the right path. Whenever I've tried to step back, whenever I've decided, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to push this or pursue this anymore. The universe has presented itself by me getting a phone call. Hi, are you still teaching yoga? Even if I want to say no, yes, I am. It's just I can't even resist or pretend that I'm not teaching. I was that girl that was waking up 4, 4.30 in the morning, showing up to my client's house 5, 5.30 in the morning, teaching them yoga, going to work at 7.30 in the morning. I start, I would commute from Feltham, Egham, Ashford, Staines, um, Cobham, all the way to Barnet, 7.30 to 3.30 work, run out of work, like the building's on fire. <laughs> and then potentially either teach another client, come home quickly, cook, pick up my kids from daycare, bring them home, shower them. And depending on the day of the week, I would either have a group class or a one-to-one, -one, or I'd just be home practicing on my own. As soon as Nirvana and Sean were in bed, that time when they were much younger, they were in bed by 7.30 because their day would start super early. So between 7, 7.30, they were in bed. It was like the mats out and the party's on. So it was like, Sook being a DJ became a blessing. The children being super young became a blessing because it was just the perfect routine. Yes, I was exhausted at times. Yes, I was tired at times. But that's when I really got to honor the fact that I'm a female and honor the fact that I'm a cyclical being and honor the fact that, you know what, there are 10 days, 12 days in the month where I am bursting with energy. And there are, you know, a few days where I just want to cry and have my dark chocolate. And there are some days where give me the carbs and step out of my way, if you know what's best for you. And there were days where I was just filled with love and it, it wasn't that I would show up to physically do yoga. I would just sit there and connect with my breath, with the sensations in my body and honor the fact that I even get to practice yoga, whether I taught or not, it's the fact that I get to practice yoga. So juggling work life, children, it was challenging, but it really, really taught me resilience. That was what was coming to me, resilience and persistence, really. Yes, I, I yes, I definitely persisted. I feel, I feel like a woodpecker at times. <laughs> or a mountain goat, just keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> 
like you said earlier initially when we were speaking about having that laser focus as well but however what I also notice is you do not deny anything else you may be also experiencing so like you said when you have had those moments where you may feel lower in energy or you want to like you said there's days where you want to cry have the dark chocolate as well but you also know what works for you as well so you hold both of those states equally absolutely and the more I embraced the divine feminine in me because I feel like I was overworking the masculine energy in me I I I was in overdrive and the more I embraced the divine feminine the more at peace I felt and the more I felt like I need to nurture myself a bit more and the more balanced I felt when I just honored the fact that you know what no I'm not going to do the physical practice I'm just going to meditate. You know what? Yes, I can do the headstands, but am I doing it because it's bringing me joy? Or am I doing it because I'm trying to prove a point? And there was a phase, a time where it's like, no, I got to get my leg over my head. I got to do the split. And the universe said, ha, go do it and watch. <laughs> and I've learned, I've learned, I fought, I've, I fell, I got up, I fell, I got up. And I, I, it reminds me of, of watching Nirvana and Sean learning how to walk. They didn't stop walking. Oh, we, we fell 10 times. We're not going to do this again. And I feel like the world is all about instant gratification. And if it's not instant, if it's not happening overnight, I'm not going to do it. And I feel the complete opposite with yoga. I feel like I've earned the fact that I can teach yoga full time because I fell time and time again. There was instinct, the complete opposite of instant gratification. Yes, of course, because it wasn't instantaneous at all from what you've told all of us today. Like from starting from you know, New York, where originally your family weren't supportive of it. And you meeting other people along the way who weren't even your family supported you. Yes. And then even when you came here, after obviously being married, even then certain family life at that time as well, newly married. And then again, when you were a mother to a young daughter, again, things kept on shifting along the way. And also, obviously, now for you, where you're at, how, how is that time that you give to yourself as well as the yoga? So at the moment, I have to say 2020, when the pandemic hit, I had left my job. I did not want to teach virtually. And you are a witness of that. And a few key people in my life really encouraged me and showed up in my early days. And even now you guys are showing up. Wow, how lucky am I? Um, wh where I jumped onto Zoom. And I've, I think I thought of every excuse under the sun not to teach virtually. And you guys came with nothing but love at me. And again, the support I got from 
you know, people that I had a couple just that I had just met in, in the last six months at that time. And jumping onto Zoom, overcoming myself, overcoming my fears, overcoming my resistance. When I jumped onto Zoom, the love I got from people that I would have never met, you know, then having the pleasure to teach yoga to someone in Germany, in Poland, in Chicago, in California, in Hong Kong, you know, it just became this whole international thing. First, I just thought it was all over the UK. Then it became all over the world. And then the sun journey started, the moon journey started. And people were just gravitating towards me. And whoever I come across, when they, when they want to try a lesson, it's like just Look, don't book five or 10 or 20 sessions. Just do that one session. You might not like me because I am okay with the fact that our energies may not gel right now. And I don't want you to feel like, oh, I put 20, 30, 40 pounds out there and I, don't even, I find her annoying. So fortunately, I've attracted the most amazing souls into my my yoga journey my practice my teaching and just one thing led to another teaching yoga virtually to now starting up a whole shala a whole community has has been amazing but there are a lot of early mornings and late nights 2020 i was just teaching there were no plans, no goals, no intentions, just teach, 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 session after session, session after session. And then 2021 came and I was like, wait, I want to do journeys. And with the journeys, towards the end of 2020, I did a couple of workshops like Hips Don't Lie and a detox workshop. And they, they, they were just selling out. And then February, I did my first journey. It was a self-love journey. The most magical journey ever. Then I'm like, you know, people sending me messages. Are you doing another journey? Then I did a spring verve journey where it was about detoxing and, and embracing the spring um, equinox. After the spring journey, I was like, oh, we have to do this warrior journey. And like every journey of mine sold out. I'd ask for 10. I got 12, 13, 14 people joining. Um, then my last one was the chakra one. For seven Sundays, two hours, I went over every chakra in every detail that one can think of. And in those seven weeks, my life transformed. Literally, I had just finished my firewalk training. I learned how to walk over broken glass, over fire, um, I come back and my one-to-ones, my group sessions, everything was just growing to realizing, oh my God, everyone I practice yoga with are on the same wavelength, are on the same vibe of not just 
physical well-being, but mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. And everyone across the board that I've practiced yoga with embraces the fact that if you are not working on all the bodies, the spiritual well-being, it's going to be a dance where one day you're super spiritual and then one month it's like, I don't, don't even talk to me about spirituality. And that volatility can be detrimental. And this is where neutrality plays a huge role. And this is where it's like, no, the glass is not half full. The glass is not half empty. It's just half. Let's, let's take the situation for what it is. Being happy is draining all the time. Being sad is draining all the time. Why can't we find neutrality? Because when you're neutral, you're aware, you're a witness, you're observing, you come from a place of love. You understand that, you know what? Everyone around me is an energetic body. Some are vibrating at a higher frequency. Some are vibrating at a lower frequency. I'm going to honor that person's journey. I'm going to honor way where they stand. I'm not going to judge them because as an energetic body myself, I was there. I understand. In fact, how can I help you? Because if my aura can uplift you, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do that with all the love that I can offer. So yes, it's challenging, you know, working, creating a business out of something you love. But at the same time, if these are the steps I have to take to touch more hearts, to touch more people, I'm living the life. You've done something really incredible where you've kept on, like you said, you definitely push yourself outside of your comfort zone. I know it sounds like such a cliche, but as you mentioned, even your way of practicing and how you reach people has also shifted throughout like 2020, the pandemic, and now being even on Zoom and reaching people in different countries outside of the UK where we are currently. And again, also these journeys, which are obviously over several weeks, where you really hone into, like you said, either energies or chakras or certain areas of the body alongside the yoga practice. And in terms of obviously you and as a yoga therapist, and obviously as a mother and a wife, where do you hope to see your role or journey as a yoga therapist going forward? Uh, I've surrendered that to the universe. A few months ago, I was journaling and, you know, everything's just perfect. I'm teaching, I'm this, I'm that. And I realized while I was journaling, this was the end of March, that my happy, if, if, if take, take away the yoga, the teaching aspect, am I happy without teaching yoga? I was like, it was a huge fat no. And that was just, wait a second, I'm preaching non-attachment. I'm preaching let go, surrender, trust the process. And deep down inside, if someone took away this 
whole teaching aspect, I am going to be one miserable person. And that was a reality check for me. The moment I realized I need to work on that and I overcame that blockage in my thought process, April, May, June, these three months have just been transformative. I have no control over what's happening. It's just happening full force. I never thought I'd leave my children for four days and go on a training. It happened. I never thought I'm going to walk over. Who, who would want to walk over fire? Clearly me now. Who would want to walk over broken glass? Clearly me. Things were happening that I never dreamt of, that I never thought of, that I had no plans on. So one thing's for sure, anything I've planned for myself, ah, I was thinking way too little. The universe has big plans for me. So my plan is to trust the universe and allow her to carry me. And also trusting the universe. And you definitely do step up to challenging yourself though too. The thing about Dibai, she knows her on a very personal level and she's quite humble, but she definitely does keep on striving as well. She trusts the universe, but she takes some chances, I think is the best way to put it. Yes, because I know, I, I know that I have this lifetime to do what I need to do. I don't know if I'm coming back really and truly I don't want to come back but when I come back I'm not going to remember this life form or at least I don't think I will so let me just make the most of what I have now you know there are times and this has happened recently to be precise at the summer solstice practice when I was teaching the energy in the room just felt like if you take me right now, I've, I've fulfilled my purpose. I'll be happy to leave. I was just so at one with life, with everyone around me. And that experience rarely happens but when it does happen I step away appreciating my life even more so I would recommend if whoever listens to this live your life to the best possibility you can think of yes it's hard but every time you get uncomfortable you grow from it Focus on what you're learning. Focus on how you're growing. Focus on the present moment as to how you're growing. And watch. Life just becomes all the more beautiful. Thank you. And thank you for openly sharing your journey and experience with us, not only as a yoga therapist, but also as a young woman, a wife, a business owner, <laughs> doing so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just if 
I've, I've been helped out a lot. I don't know everything. When it comes to yoga, okay, yes, I know a fair bit. And I still have a lot to learn. But I've been so blessed with a lot of strong women around me at this point in my life that it's hard not to step up and elevate. It's hard not to show up for myself because that's the message I'm getting. Love yourself, care for yourself, show up for yourself, do what you love. And if that message is keep, keep coming through and I do nothing about it, then, then you live in regrets and you live in, in all sorts of not so happy emotions. And to be blessed with friends such as yourself, I've, I've really learned to embrace life in a more wholesome way. Well, I'm grateful as well. <laughs> I think that's something we can all take away is honing into what our intention is. Not just also, okay, what is my skill set, but also what gives me joy. And as well as what I've learned from you is really getting aware of not just your body, but what you're experiencing and what you are feeling. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Deepa, for your time today.